With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. digital series. I am your host, Mona Shake. You guys, I was off yesterday because I was doing something awesome because I got very lucky during the pandemic and I landed an awesome role in drum rolls, please, in a show called The Rookie on ABC. Ta-da! I can't, of course, tell you the details, but I play Donna Bossi, which is a really great, fun, it was a really I, I don't know about, I don't know if I would say fun, but I definitely, it was a great character for sure. Uh, and um, yesterday while I was on set, I met a wonderful uh, co-star of mine who I work with. And uh, he's, a, he's a fellow brownie and um, I want to talk to him. And I was just like, man, he would make such a great guest. So I was just like, I'm going to just bring him on to the podcast today. So here we are. Um You've seen him in Westworld. You've seen him on Criminal Minds. And, of course, you're going to see him in The Rookie with me. Here's my very talented friend, Antonio Leon. How are you? Hi. Hello. Hello. Nice to <laughs> thank you. Thank you for doing this on uh, a super-duper short notice. No worries. And um, you got to tell your viewers how amazing of a job you did on this show yesterday. Literally, like, we're just sitting there talking the entire day. And uh, we're just talking about this and that. And then an, emo an emotional scene, which they will see at one point, comes. And you bring it. And you just saw my face go like, oh, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> oh, we're doing. Oh, she's, okay. All right. I didn't, I didn't know we are going to bring it like that. I thought, okay. So, <laughs> hey, man. Props to you. Thank you very much. That's very no, kind of you. No. It, it has been a pleasure working with you yesterday. And um, oh, I honestly... I just, I just love like, because I, I felt like, oh my God, this guy's like done way more stuff than I have. And I was like, oh, he's just gonna, he's just gonna go and just nail everything. And I'm just like, ah, I don't want to like fuck it up. And I don't want to be like that person who doesn't know what's happening. So yeah. thank you for your kind words. Yeah, you killed it. I mean, it, you're a true, true pro. Honestly, I've, I've worked with plenty of people and you, you were uh, just the definition of a oh. pro, which is great. Which is great. It's You're not sweet. something that can be taught. So great, You're good on you. Thank you very much, my friend. Right I on. That. Thank you. You know, Antonio, I, um, I, I, uh, before, uh, of course, I, I came on set, and I think you and I were talking about this. My brother, uh, I told him that I landed the job, and then he was like, "Oh, who's the dude playing? Uh, you know, your husband?" And I was like, "Oh, it's you know, it's uh, this actor named Antonio Leon." And then he looked you up. And then he was just like, oh, yeah. He's like, yo, he looks like one of our cousins. And I was like, yeah, doesn't he? Yeah, he was. <laughs> yeah, he was like, he could easily be Pakistani. And I was like, I know. Right. And then I went and met you. And I was like, oh, yeah, you could easily be one of my cousins for sure. 
Um, are you comfortable with telling like your background and just kind of talking about it? Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, I'm Persian. Uh, I was born in Iran, Tehran. Uh, my my mother is Persian. She's Mongolian, and my dad is Persian as well. And he has some other things in the, in the back as far as whatever. But yeah. true and pride. It's uh, the Persian life. It's a the Persian best. life. Yeah, and uh, my brother was just like. I th I think uh I think his name is Ali Tehrani and I was like nah dude I think that's a character he plays I think he's like Italian or Latino I can't tell right no no yeah I was uh, my name my when I was you know my given name was Ali Tehrani and then when I first started in this business a while ago like I was telling you yesterday um, yeah. unfortunately like it is now this we've been lucky enough to have such more evolved. Uh, people and writers and uh, producers and directors to to be able to show the different sides of ethnicities and people and where they come from, where they're at. Uh, whereas back in the day, it was like, all right, we need a brown person. And most of the jobs were just like strap a bomb and be like, la, 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 that kind of <laughs> shitty stereotypical. Yeah. So when I first started, it was, it was very tough. So yeah. um, uh, I, I chose to, I chose to change my name, not only just for that, but uh for other reasons as well. And then suddenly the whole thing opened up to me. Yeah. Um, and I was able to be lucky enough to do uh, a lot more, not just Latin, Spanish, Middle Eastern, Argentinian, Cuban, whatever, for yeah. some reason. And it, it says a lot about, you know, Hollywood at that time where it was okay to cast someone yeah. named Antonio for many different things, but it was a lot harder for us as Middle Easterns to kind of get in there. It was, it's, it's, you know, again, it's been night and day from what it is, right. what it was 10 years ago to what it is now. I mean, you know? did you, did you start acting 10 years ago or were you like kind of studying acting for a little bit and then got, you know, started booking jobs and stuff? So I, I started uh, my first gig ever. I kind of just fell into it. I'll tell you the story really quick. Um, I, I had to take an elective in college and theater. I never wanted to. What theater? Kind of, what college is this? Uh, I, I went to the prestigious uh, uh, junior college at Pierce, uh, UC Pierce, okay. uh, which is Harvard on a hill. I'm kidding. It's a community college oh, okay. right in the valley. I don't know. Yeah, but I, I took the, a couple of courses to, to meet the criteria to transfer. And then one of them had to be, uh, it had, turned out to be as elective. I took theater. Huh? And uh, I, I didn't think of anything. I figured in going there, you young, stupid kid, going to go in there and just play. And I had a teacher uh, who, uh, Valerie was her name, Valerie Greer. And she was a wonderful, like, Broadway actress, a wonderful actress. She was in a wheelchair, so she had an accident, and now she was teaching. Wow. And uh, so the first scene I ever did was a play by uh, Lawrence Fishburne called Riff Raff. And uh, it, was, it was a really cool play. It's still uh, out there. I think they might have made it into a movie. Long story short, when I... I didn't know anything, what it was, anything. I just learned the lines kind of with my buddy and went up there. And once I got on that stage and kind of just my mentality was only how would I say these lines as me? But once I got a piece of the taste of what it's like to be in someone else's, playing someone else's character, living that person's life, uh, I was hooked, um, fortunately or unfortunately. Yeah, <laughs> I after that elective, so did you also like take further acting classes or you were just kind of? So I was this stupid kid. I'm like, I'm a good looking kid. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to 
knock on my wood, going like knock on my uh, uh, door, being like, welcome to Hollywood. Great. So uh, I got lucky just by sheer stupidity. I landed an agent and ah. a manager. And then I went, my very first part was with uh, Mary Jo Slater. She was a cast, casting director, Christian Slater's mom. Ah. And it was a, for a project called Dream Team. And it was uh, opposite of Martin Sheen, Academy Award winner. And they, I, I booked it just stupidly. One in the room just that I booked it, flew me to Puerto Rico for three weeks and I got to play like his right-hand man, right? And I'm thinking, this shit is easy. I don't know what people are like worried about. What is this? And uh, and it was a phenomenal project. It was great. I mean, it was an experience, great experience. The project went nowhere. It turned yeah. into like a TV movie. It was right before or whatever. Uh, and then when I came back, I was like, all right, what's next? And yeah. I think it took me a good three, four years to land my next job because I wasn't, I didn't know anything about anything. I wasn't, not only was I not, see, I didn't know, I had not taken any formal training. So then I, after a while realizing, oh, my charisma or whatever is no, it's not going to take me anywhere. This is, yeah, this is an art like any other art. Then I got into class with um, Harry Master George was my first teacher. It was a phenomenal teacher and uh, Bernard Hiller and all these other people. And I studied and, you know, took a lot of Chekhov, uh, uh, Meisner, all kinds. I just tried to learn as much as I could about this art. And slowly but surely, I think 10, 15 years later, I know about 2% of what I can towards this uh, art of ours. What was it like working with Bernard Hiller? Because I know him and yeah. I, I briefly, I took a private class with him. That's all. Okay. Once. This was many, many years ago. Yeah. And uh, his, um, at that time, his claim to fame was, uh, uh, what's her name? Cameron. Uh, Cameron Diaz. Oh wow! Was like, yeah, that was so. He uh, had a lot of celebrities, like a lot he, of yeah. celebrity-driven acting coach. Right, right. Um, uh, I mean, I've been. I, I studied also with like Cameron Thor too, and like that's someone else who's like crazy celebrity. I was like in class one day, and Britney Spears comes in, and I'm just like, okay, well, this is we're not we're not doing acting anymore now, are we? This is right. just a whole. Right, uh, right. That's like why a, it's like a runway for actors. Right. And that's why, not to jump ahead, but when I told you uh, my my man, my main dude, my acting kind of like savant, uh, Stuart Rogers, he was, I love him because he's a theater rat. He doesn't give a shit about who you are, what you've done. He's like, he'll treat, and he has celebrities, he'll treat the celebrities the same way he'll treat a guy or a girl off the street just trying to learn what it is. So, yeah. uh, but to, to answer your question, Bernard Hiller, it was it was it was different. I think his his method was like a Meisner kind of, uh, mm -hmm. uh, but uh, he had very he had it was good. It was good to just get out there and just learn a little anything and everything. Just to I had a huge guard up just to be able to break that down. You know. Sure, sure. I mean, yeah. so you started. You said ten years ago. So we're talking about what, like two thousand ten or two thousand eight, two thousand nine or something. With Bernard Hiller. No, when you started studying acting and like really wanting to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I roughly, I would say 10, 12 years yeah. ago around there. Yeah. When I took it do? seriously. Yeah. Go ahead. What did you do before that? Like, did you go to college? Like, did you want to, I don't know, were your parents expecting you to become like an engineer or lawyer or doctor or something? Or So I had, I had a 3.8 uh, GPA and I was kind of on the, uh, and this is going to come shocking to many Persians, but I was on the same path as to become a lawyer and a doctor. Yeah, I know it's very different. And then uh, once I took that that 
class, I was like, I don't know if I can do that. Yeah. I mean, more power. And I probably should have just slapped myself and stuck there and done that. <laughs> it would have been very different. Uh, but so I went to my uh, mother um, uh, and I told her, I said what I wanted to do. And, you know, God bless her. She goes, OK, you know, I, I got your back. Do it. You know, she's how wonderful she, 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 she was always very supportive. That way, Are you know? an only child? No, I have two. I've been lucky enough to have two sisters. House what? full of women. I have a, a single mother and two sisters and wow. a daughter. And how uh, are you the oldest of the siblings? Like, yes, I am. Got it. And then you have two yeah. younger sisters. So were you kind of, you said a uh, single mother. So like, what did your, you, did your parents like divorce at an early age kind of a thing? Yeah. So it was, it was kind of a set up marriage in, uh, in Iran many, many years ago. And then uh, my mom left and, you know, they came here, you know, uh, as soon as they could. And my grandmother brought everyone here. And then I came in a little bit later. And God. my mother got remarried again, you know, to a wonderful man. But, uh, yeah. And my old man is, you know. Uh, is he here he's, or is he in Toronto? No, he, uh, he's, I think he's in Toronto. I have not spoken to him. Should I lay down for this? I feel like this has become therapy now. Is, should I, do I need a couch? No, you I, need I, a couch. I, no, I, no, this is, this I, is good. This will save yeah. me a lot of money. In, I usually sleep with my therapy setting up. I don't know why. Oh, do you? Yeah, always. Who lies down, dude? I would fall asleep. I'd be like, this is so relaxed. Oh. I do a lot of crying, so I like to be in fetal position the whole time. Oh, with, really? With like a, yeah, with like. No, no, I am in fetal position after the it starts crying. First, <laughs> I start vertical, and then I get uh, horizontal. And but then slowly going to slowly uh, just. Uh, yeah, a lot of people say when they come on my podcast that is this a therapy session? It's like kind of like it's kind of that's awesome. Cathartic and therapeutic. No, I mean, look, I feel compliments to you as an interviewer to be someone be able to. You're so sweet, and well, thank you for being so kind and so uh, uh, generous and being vulnerable with your, you know, with your story. I appreciate it. You know what it is? I think Antonio, like uh, comedians, uh, and I'm going to specifically say male comics are a lot more. We're we're an interesting bunch of people. So I feel like when it comes to artists, like actors and stand up comics. There's there's pain involved somewhere that drove you to do this. Oh yeah, there's if, yeah. If I feel like if you, especially a stand up comic, I can tell you, if you come from a loving, healthy background, right? There is no yeah. reason to do stand up comedy. I'm sure I agree with you 100. percent And as far as the acting, uh, I'm sure there are uh, very healthy individuals out there who are actors. I'm I'm positive they are. Uh, but the majority, including myself, are not, and it's just a it's just a lifelong process of trying to figure out not only who you are, yeah. and it may it may start just as far as a recognition of just just trying to be seen, yes. just tr- needing that, uh, you know, gratitude to be heard. I think that's appro- yeah, approval, whatever it may be, uh, yeah. verification that you exist. That's right. To to later on to realizing, okay, or if you stick in it long enough to realizing, okay, and then you work on yourself and then, you okay, if you're going to stick in this thing, what yeah. is, how can I make this right. speak to me as far as an art form rather than just a need for a gratification or need for a verification, you know, uh, validation. That, validation is the word I was looking yeah. for. Exactly. Valid- yeah. Yeah. I feel like, you know. The, the other word for validation is love. The, I mean, if you yeah. just kind of scratch it a little further down, it really is love, right? It's about that love and attention that somehow, somewhere in your childhood, it was just, 
not that need was not fulfilled and now we're using being artists or whatever you know and in the meantime you also get to make beautiful art but thanks to low self-esteem and and insecurities a whole industry exists for that uh and it's called hollywood um i mean that really yeah and it can it can uh it can it can amplify those feelings as well you know sure it can it can it can make it worse if you're not that's you right. Know, That's right. Because this is not a, you know, this, this, it's not for the faint of heart, this business. It's, you That's get, right, so re- many rejections, 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 rejections. So, I mean, if you have any sort of ego of any sort, that, that's going to be shattered to pieces that's right. within, yeah. It's, you get hundred times more, million times more no's than you do yeses, you know? That's right. That's right. So, and, you know, right. and you said something very interesting during our conversation. I asked you, I was like, is your daughter interested in becoming an actor? Like, would you let her become an actor? And you're like, hell no. Uh-uh. And I was like, mm-hmm. how come? And you were like, it's so hard. It's a brutal business. So is that yeah. going to be your... So what if she comes to you tomorrow and says, uh, Dad, I want to be I want to be an actor? So what I mean, obviously, I, I, she's the love of my life. I would support her no matter what. But I, I would I would do whatever I could to talk her out of it. Wouldn't it be a little bit hypocritical though, Antonio? Just a tad bit though. It's a hundred percent hypocritical, and that's okay. That's fine, you know. But I, I think to be honest with you, you know, we usually do what we try to do the opposite of what our parents, right? We uh, go against that. So I feel like maybe she would. Uh, probably not want to be in a business because of that, because of the fact that I was in it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I mean, I can tell you that my family, I mean, first of all, coming from like a conservative Muslim Pakistani household, uh, mm-hmm. becoming an artist is not is not a thing. So let's just put that out there. Then being born after four brothers and then being the youngest and the only girl, no fucking way. No fucking way right. are they going to be right. like, oh, yeah, you just go right ahead. Like, no, that was not a thing. <laughs> I mean, but I knew when I was like eight years old that I wanted to be a performer. I just didn't know in yeah. what capacity it was going to be. I watched this one Bollywood movie, movie which I know is very big in Iran, uh, you know, and in, 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 in all Middle East. I mean, Bollywood mm-hmm. is huge. Um, and I remember watching this one actress and being like, whatever she's doing, I want to do that. Like, she's awesome. Um, and uh, it's funny because I'm like I mentioned to you, I mean, I moved from Pakistan when I was 15 and I really didn't come out of my artist closet till I was 18. And that was a massive fight, you know, but you right. sound like you got very lucky in the sense that like your mom was just like, yeah, go ahead. Like. If that's what you want to do. I mean, I had to literally pack up my bags and leave my house and move out in order to yeah. even pursue it because my family gave me an ultimatum. They were like, either you go to college uh, and become a physical therapist. I don't know why the fuck they were obsessed with that. Or, or they were like, or they were like, you, we will send you back to Pakistan uh, and mom and dad are going to marry you off to someone because my parents right. were in America. They always lived in Pakistan. So they were like, right. yeah, I'm going to marry you off. I'm like, marry me off? How the fuck are you going to send me, like, seven goddamn seas across, like, to make a better life for myself and then then just fucking yank it from me like that? Like, 
Right. No, like nobody gets to call the shots in my life except me. That's it. That's the rule. Um, yeah. And when I was 18, I, I packed in my bags and I left. I mean, I mean, there's a lot more fucked upness to that story, but that's like the gist of it. And it was a lot of, there was a lot of physical violence at home, like a lot. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, and that's probably has helped with you as an artist, as a comic, as an actor. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I mean, yeah, I mean, after like 13 years of therapy, uh, which continues to this day, uh, right. thank God for EMDR therapy. Um, but um, I mean, it has kind of helped me not become a basket case. It's help me become the person that I am and the artist that I am. But, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of demons to be fought. Like, have you ever, Antonio, have you ever done a scene or done, like, even a during acting classes where you're like, wow, that was, that was like, it just like kind of opens this Pandora's box for you of like feelings or things that you really don't want to deal with. Uh, And next thing you know, you begin to, it it just begins to like pop up in your life in places where you're like getting angry at shit or you're like having road rage and you're like, why the fuck am I pissed? Like what, have you experienced stuff like that? I I think if you do any, um, is this echoing? Is it echoing on your end? Echoing, it's like popping in a very strange way, but it's fine. Yeah. Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah. Okay, good. I want to yeah. make sure to give you the best quality for your money. You're, you're the best, you know, I mean, for my money, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but thank you. Um, I think there's always going to be some sort of residual, yeah. especially if you really, truly uh, get into a, a character, whatever yeah. it may be. So um, I think the, the, like there was a play called uh, Rabbit Hole, and it was about uh, uh, parents uh, losing their kid yeah. that I, that I did. And, um, and they, they even, they made it a movie, I think with Nicole Kidman or something. And it's, it's one of those things that it like stays with you for months. It, right. it fucks with you. And just like, especially if you, if you have a kid and it's just like, it's the most fucked up. Can I say fucked up? Of course you can. Great. It's the most you fucked up. You can, whatever, you can say whatever the fuck you want. How about that? Good, love it. It, it. It's it really is. It's like, it, but that's the great thing about these parts that we get to play. It's like you get to live, whether it's good or bad, in the in this other life, in this other uh, form, in this character, and then yeah. you kind of give yourself up to the writer, however they've written it, and just kind of be able to live through them. So yeah, the residual can kind of last. I felt it in a good way, you know, after a, a role, and I felt it in a horrible way but still even even at its worst 
yeah. it felt it's still it's something that's alive in you and it just makes you feel alive, which is a great thing. Right. Yep. Do you feel like do you feel like acting um, not only is an art form for you, but also therapeutic in many ways for you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it, it is therapy. It absolutely yeah. is. Not, not, but not just the acting part of it. The journey of it, of trying to make it as an actor and, and the classes and uh, the scene work and all that, it's it's all one. Yeah, yeah. You know? I mean, I I remember being in acting classes, um, doing certain scenes or doing like these private moments and just walking away like fucked up. Like just, yeah. I remember times when I'm like literally on the subway coming back from the class and just bawling my eyes out and just don't even know how to like control it and you know but it's winter so you like try to cover yourself up with like scarves and stuff and you put your hat down and you're like <laughs> you're like <laughs> bawling out because you just got triggered by like all these like all this fucked upness that was in your life and now it's come to surface but i feel I feel like they're all, you know, they're, they're demons. And we, as artists, like try to control them for them to serve us, not the other way around, you know? Yeah. I mean, and, and you can, like, like we were saying earlier, you can either let it help you and, and find out what it is, what, what's the hole inside to be able to patch and fix or yeah. what is, what is, where's that hurt coming from? Where's that insecurity coming from and use it in your art. Yeah. Or it could take you down further into, you know, the spiral of it. Yeah. But, but those were, I think, to me, some of the best, greatest times of my life where in class you work on this scene and just, like, it's killing you. You're, you know, the, 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 the process has been... Yeah, yeah. The is, I mean, the process is so... Because, I mean, you being an artist, like, are your sisters artists too? Or are they just... No, no. I mean, not that they're not artists, but they're not... Thank goodness they're both much smarter than me. One is a nurse, and my younger one, who's my uh, from my mom's uh, second marriage, she is in uh, uh, college. She's in college, and I think she wants to be like a nurse or a doctor as well. Oh, awesome! So, yeah. so they took care of the the medical doctor nurse part. So the pressure is off of them. They're they're fulfilling the quota. Yeah, I'm, I'm the I'm the black sheep of the family. Uh, you know, I. I uh, you know this whole black sheep thing, man. I mean, what? I think the black sheep's run the world. They can, yeah. You're yeah. right. Yeah. I think black sheep's run the. Anytime you hear stories of like, I was an outcast. I was someone that they never looked. I mean, all those stories are like uh, just people fucking just kicking ass and taking names, man. Yeah. Right. No, the rebels. You're right. I yeah. Mean, even Bill Gates was a freaking black sheep. I think in a way. Precisely. I mean, I right. just, um, I feel like black sheeps are dreamers and dreamers make the world go around. Right. You yeah. know, it's, it's, uh, I agree with you hundred percent. It's, you know, um, not to whatever, but in, in this field at least, or yeah. also in comedy, I'm sure you can agree with this. Yeah. It's easy to get in there because the dream, yeah. almost, we all have the dream, but the percentage of it actually working out for you to, fulfill that dream yeah it's so low and it's so hard and there's right. so many things going against you that it's just it's, it can be it can it can break your back it can really uh 
for sure. Thank you. So you break your soul, you know. So did you? Um, so so Antonio, your your birth name is uh, Ali Tehrani. Mm-hmm. Uh, so tell me about how you kind of ended up as Antonio Leon and why. Um, I, I love that name. Well, again, not to get into the psychological aspect of it, but my old man wasn't the best of all, whatever. So I kind of wanted to kind of get away from the name that he kind of gave me anyway. Uh-huh. And, and all how it happened to be at the time that with the acting, I was like, this is, uh, this is, I, I got to figure something out. Uh, so I just, I love that name. I think, to be honest with you, I think Antonio Banderas was like back in the day, it was like, doing the thing i'm like oh my god that is cool and <laughs> really he the, yeah he had, you, huh? he had the is- long hair and i think at some point i literally had the long hair after watching desperado as like a young kid i was like that's it yes. growing my hair um yeah yes. so man I, just, I sorry sorry go ahead you were no, good no no you were talking about how so antonio and then where does the leon come from um it it was it was a friend of the family's last name who I very much looked up to. So I kind of chose to take it. And it was, uh, and then you went to your agent and were like, I'm Antonio Leon. I didn't even have an agent at that time. No. Oh, so you just changed it. You were like, yeah. When, when you, like when you were starting out and when you would go to agents, would they ask you your background? Would they say stuff to you? Like, Hey, you know, there's, uh, I can submit you for this role or that. Or like, what would the conversation be like? I think they, I got, I kind of got lucky to getting that as it was, they, they weren't, they were just thinking, you know, they look at you as how can I make money off this person? Right. So um, if they thought they could make some money off you or, you know, which is, it is a business. Um, but uh, the, like the first couple of agents I got, I signed with like Buckwald at one point. It was this uh, wow. wonderful man, Philip. Was his name in Buckwald, and he stuck with me forever. And he should not have, because I wasn't again. I, I wasn't booking anything, but he was nice. And he was, you know, he was great, and he believed in me. And I started working with him, and it's just, uh, I don't think we really had a direction at any point. Of yeah. This is where we're gonna go, but. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I think like any sort of, uh, as a manager or agent, you gotta look as like a commodity. Like, how can I? Can I represent you? Can I sell you? Do I believe in you enough yeah. to want to push you out there? Right. I don't Absolutely. know if it works the same way as far as like comedians. I think you feel like you have enough of your own say where you can control your own career until, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, I am, um, I kind of, you know, Antonio, I, uh, I, I had some really uh, uh, nice um, uh, manager, not so much agent, but manager in New York. Uh, they got me on a lot of good stuff because of a manager. I actually ended up in LA because I have read for a lead role in a Steven Spielberg project. When was this? In New York. This is like oh. over 10 years ago. Damn. Yeah. I remember reading and then got like a callback or like a, then I was up for this lead in a feature film. Uh, and I was, um, uh, they brought me back for like three or four different producer sessions and they just couldn't make up their fucking minds. They kept bringing me back. I was like, okay, I'm back. I'm, you're making me do all these scenes. Like, okay, what the fuck? Uh, and then uh, my manager at the end told me, and which is why I had quit acting for a while. Uh, I just kind of just dropped acting. Uh, right. I the stage acting in New York for a while. 
Um, and uh, she told me the reason I didn't get the part, Antonio, is because I wasn't hot enough. End quote. Oh, I can't hear you. You're uh, muted. You muted yourself. There it is. There it is. Okay. Oh, yeah, this one. You're not pop. Your voice is not popping anymore. Oh, it's I think it, was, it was these things. Yeah, I think so, too. Bugging yeah, um, the shit out of me. It's okay. I um, Honestly, I uh, when she told me that I wasn't hot enough for a role, I was like, I thought this was about talent and hard work. And I was like, you know what? I'm good. I'm going to put this acting stuff, like, away. Because I love stand-up. I love going up on stage. I love creating my own material. Um, and I just entirely, I moved out to, she was like, look, you need to move out to Los Angeles. That's where all the big stuff is. I moved out here and all my auditions dried up. And I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to do stand up. So that's what I did. I would like hit up three, four mics a night, like stand in line for like fucking two hours to get three minute sets, like whatever it took, right? Just to build that, the first five minutes, to build that 10, to build that 15, like whatever it took, right? And then eventually you're just like, you start getting booked on shows, you start getting paid for shows, and you're like, oh, oh, you get paid for this? Right. I thought it was just drink tickets uh, and weed. I thought we were just getting paid in weed. No, we're not getting paid in weed. Um, Do they pay in weed? Because I, 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 yeah. I apply somewhere. Do, do I need to? That sounds yeah. great. I mean, if you're a stand-up comic, yeah. There used to be this uh, room they used to do up in the valley. My One of my girlfriends used to book it. And um, it was like this private room. They would make you like the secret room in the back. Mm -hmm. They would be selling like bongs up front, but they had their own special weed they were selling the back. Wow. And they, you uh, you had to have like a passcode to get in there. Right. And then when you get in there, they have this massive room. Everybody's like smoking up. I saw, pre I saw a pregnant lady there smoking up. And I was okay. like, is that good for you? The very, very French. Yeah. 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 Super French. <laughs> they were doing dabs. You could do dabs. I was like, this is fucking weird. I remember like smoking their weed one night. This is a crazy story. Right. I remember going going up there, doing a set. They paid me in weed. I come back down. I sit down. They have this really cool, like, uh, this really cool bong that has like water. But you just smoke it. It like, because it evaporates. So it's, it gets absorbed in your blood a lot faster. Right. right yeah. So I'm like, fuck it. I'll just smoke some now. And then I'll just. Go home. Like, I'm going home after this. Uh, it's not going to hit me that fast. Oh, boy. Oh, no, 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 no. It hit me so hard, Antonio, I couldn't find my feet. <laughs> I was like, yo, where are my, where's my feet at? Like, I can't find my fucking feet. And I remember just, like, looking down and then stepping outside. And I was like, all right, just breathe. You're going to be fine. You're right. going to be fine. I was like, if you just eat something, you'll be fine because you're probably hungry. So it's probably hitting you hard. Right. So I go to like a nearby, like a Burger King. That was the only thing that was open. I go to Burger King. I'm the only one there and this older gentleman. And I'm saying to myself, I'm like, God, this guy doesn't even know. Like if he just hangs around for a bit, he can actually take me home because I don't know where the fuck <laughs> I am. I'm like deep in the fucking valley somewhere. Right. So I'm like, all right, all right, all right. And I'm just going to eat this burger. I'm going to be fine. I'm going to be fine. The more I eat the fucking burger, the higher I get. Oh, no. <laughs> it's getting more and more absorbed in my butt. I'm like, oh, my God. I don't know what is happening right now. Oh, 
I was like, okay, you know what? It's okay. I'm just going to put my GPS on and I'm going to go home. Guess what? What? Mama didn't bring her charger and her phone died. Yeah. How the hell am I going to get the hell out of this place? So I have like my windows rolled down and it's like cold. I have the AC blasting on my face, like trying to like keep me up. And I'm like driving, trying to find my way. Finally, finally, I get on the one-on-one, I get home and my mom was staying with me at the time. So I okay. come home and the first thing I did is I opened the door and it was, it was like dark. And I fell right on my face. And my mom was crashed up on the couch. <laughs> and she's like, um, she's like, she's like, what happened? I'm like, nothing, nothing. Go back to sleep. I'm not completely high. No. I'm fine. Nothing is wrong. I'm fine. And then next day I woke up and she was just like, did you come home a little high? And I was like, what? I was like, no. I was like, you go to sleep when I tell you to go to sleep. You to sleep. <laughs> you're getting sleepy. You're getting sleepy. I was like, you, you are not allowed to ask me questions under my own goddamn roof, lady. This is mine. I pay for this. This is not yours. That's, um, that's great. But I'm I, a, I my mom. I'm lightweight now these days. So like I'm t- like literally just one hit, and I'm just like, really? Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm crazy lightweight. Um, really? Well, you don't smoke that much. That's why. No, no, no. I, I, um, no. My, my, my drug of choice is little vino. Got it. Got it. Got it. How it's many? Like, how many vino can you put away? Uh, how many glasses can you drink? And you're just like, I'm all right. No, I, I kind of do this professionally, so um, I, I can. You're a professional wine drinker. Yeah, we would. We're, we're fine. We're, I can. I think there's a term for them at AA. Yeah, it's called an alcoholic. But I mean, <laughs> that's so not sexy. That's no, I think I would say functional. I, I would say functional. That's true. Yeah. I, I like to wait till at least 1030 in the morning before I start drinking. That's and fair. Before that, it was ridiculous. Listen, 1030, that could be noon somewhere. That's right. Um, but to, to touch back on what you were saying in the beginning and getting those opportunities. Yeah. It's, I, I think, like, I have a couple of stories like that, too. It's Yeah. One you know, like you're almost too stupid to know how big of a room that you got into, you know, yeah. like the very first job that I booked. Or uh, I remember being uh, uh, very close, being on hold for a movie with Reese Witherspoon. Wow. I was supposed to play an Egyptian guy. And, and I got to like have a little chemistry test and all this. And I was just like, wow. Shit. Or uh, even Argo, the Ben Affleck movie, which was they wanted version. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I went all the way, and I, I think what actually ended up hurting me at the end, not getting the part, um, was not that they're like, yeah, he's Persian, but is he Persian? <laughs> oh, because of Antonio Leon. Yeah. Yeah. Oh shit! I'll sit here, I'll talk to you. What? Farsi, like doing. Oh, like- I spoke all day. Wrote. I can read, write. I can all that. I think, but. Again, it's 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 fine, but um, having those opportunities, it's it's, it's, it's you don't know it. Like you said, you get at the end of the day, it's so out of your hand. Right, you know? right, right. Yeah, a look. It could be you're too tall. I've lost jobs because I'm too tall. I've lost jobs because uh, you know. You, you, I'll tell you a little funny story. Uh, I did a show called Get Shorty. I booked a recurring on that show with uh, Ray Romano. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was on Showtime, was it? It was on FX. FX, rather. Okay. Yeah. 
So I, I booked that show, and I was I was it was a recurring role for a minimum of three episodes. Wow. And um, I was going to play part of like this this gang of uh, this guy was a drug dealer, and I was one of the two boys. So it was me and uh, this uh, big Mexican dude with tatted up everywhere, just an intimidating looking guy who was a teddy bear, by the way, like the nicest in the world. And a black dude with a beard and a bulldog. So the first scene we're gonna do in this big mansion, the three of us are sitting there, and they, uh, I'm, you know, I'm feeling good. I go to this, it's in Larchmont over there. That I like did my hair, trimmed the beard, I feel good. I grow up, and I see behind the camera, and I see um, the producers. The writer goes up to the producers, producers, and they're talking. And uh, I'm like, oh god! And I'm like, you know, as an actor, you get insecure. Like, I'm not doing <laughs> yeah. I'm like, no, you're just in your head. You're fine. They're not talking about you. And then I see them actually going like, I'm like, oh, fuck. Oh, God. I'm like, okay. So makeup lady or a wardrobe comes and goes like, okay. Get, get, get him a beanie. A beanie. Okay, great. Be get just, a what? A beanie. A beanie, okay. They put a beanie on me and uh, go back to writers. Oh, that's whatever. Um, Long story short, and this sounds my point of this was you can lose parts for whatever reason. Uh, they thought that uh, I looked too clean and nice uh-huh. to be a, uh, a, a tough guy, apparently. So they tried to toughen me up with a beanie and all that. And literally, they ended up, they, they didn't bring me back and they ended up cutting that episode like around me, like trying to avoid me as much as they could, putting it to the other guy. So I was like, okay, all right, cool. So there's so many reasons. Too, you're too tall. Sucks, I'm sorry. That sucks. But no, it you, is what it is. You still got paid, though. For that one episode. For that one episode. Because yes. you... But then the, their casting is the one who cast you. They knew what the hell you looked like before they cast you. I, I tried this because it was echoing again. Okay. This is no worries. Um. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, they did. But, I mean, you get on set. Man, that is so... See, that's the brutal part about this business. Like, here you are, busted your ass, got the job, and while you're on set, they're like, yeah, no. It's interesting you said that. You know, it reminds me. Um, they're uh, uh, they, uh, what's that show I did? Uh, Laugh tracks. I did, and they uh, they hired me as an Armenian woman. You know, and uh, okay? uh, it was a comedy show where they they um, where they, they, they um, I, am I echoing? Am I echoing? I'm echoing. 
I'm telling you, there's an echo. It's been the whole time. This, <laughs> I tried this and I tried that. Um, and the, the worst thing is trying to tell a story when you hear yourself echoing. It's like <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> You've had an echo the entire time. I'm sorry. The entire time. It hasn't I've been echo. I'm oh, thinking. I can't hear this. Oh, as I'm talking to you, there's this echo. And I guarantee you, whoever's watching this going like, you know, he started out so good. But now there's. <laughs> And it's just me listening to myself, echoing I, as I am right now. Yeah, I, I don't know why that is. Um, I am very interested in knowing why that is. But, uh, you know, that's the fucking technical world we live in, man. Um, so you were saying they thought you were Armenian. And then what? Yeah, they, they hired me as Armenian. Um, everybody was, like, loving what I was doing. Um, and then, uh, so it's a, basically a show where the comedians go and tell their stories and then the actors, uh, then they reenact the stories. Like we get, as actors, get to reenact them. But most of the actors they hired were also other fellow comedians. Mm -hmm. So there's this one uh, female comic, she's telling her story, and they hired me about, it's a story about an Armenian woman cutting her off on the road. She's driving a Mercedes. And the Armenian lady's like, you cut me up because you drive a fucking piece of shit, you know? And she's like, lady, I just got divorced recently. Like she's like literally breaking she was like, oh, I'm sorry. She's like, oh, I, you got divorced? She goes, yeah. He's like, you tell that piece of shit to buy, buy you a better car. Because, you know, if yeah. he's going to divorce you, fuck him. Let, let him buy you a new car. Something like that's right. And I remember, like, I think she was, like, the second AD, this uh, lady. She was the second AD. And I remember her, like, looking at the director and being like, why is she hired as Armenian? Like, she should not, she doesn't even look Armenian. Like, why is she hired? And uh, the director was like, she's fine. She's doing a great job. She's fine. And I just remember them being like, kind of, I'm almost losing that job because this lady seemed to have a problem with my look. Right. You know? So it's just, it's just strange, man. I mean. Which is, which is a, um, it's a thin line because, you know, I'm all for, you know, as actors, as, as uh, actors of ethnicity, there's yes. so few parts out there for us anyway. Yeah. Uh, it's gotten much better nowadays, but there's still so many people. So I can understand if there's an Armenian woman actress out there going like Sure. Um, why did I not get it? You know, and same thing for me and other people, you know, when I've played Cuba and I've played this and that, it's like I completely get it. Yeah. Well what I've seen and we've seen this where I've seen uh, someone playing a Persian guy or something on TV and you're like sure. and you have to speak Farsi and you can tell they're trying to speak and they have no idea what it is because they're not Persian or like Arabic, whatever. That's right. Right. So yeah, there's a part of you that goes like, oh, you couldn't fucking stand the right person, but yeah. At the end of the day, it's like hopefully it's the best. Hopefully it's the best actor for yes. the part. Yes. You know, rather than uh, they have to hire a certain person, you know. Yeah, it's a thin line, and I think we live in a time now that to be politically correct, it's it's almost gone to a point where now as artists, now it's very, all the studios and everyone they're very uh, conscious of that fact that okay, we got to make sure which is great, right. make sure there's a certain person playing a certain part is that part or whatever. Um, but I mean, we got into this thing to be able to act, to be able to play. Other like I don't want to just get into this and just play like who I am or a Persian man or you don't want to play who you are a Pakistani woman. It's like 
the whole point is to be able to play someone that's not necessarily locked down to an ethnicity of sort. Right. Know? Right. I mean, you know, Jenny, you and I were also briefly talking about this on set yesterday where, you know, we are clearly not in our 50s. Uh, we are like, you know, you're getting cast as like someone in your 50s uh, when because, you know, uh, you're ethnic and they can't find people in that of that age range. So young people like you and I are like getting hired as older people, which is very interesting because then you look at the then you look at, you know, the, the leads of the show, whatever. And you're like, the lead of the show is 10 years older than me, at least at the bare minimum. Yet I am playing somebody older than that person. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, that's the, the ageism part of it. That's that's Hollywood for sure. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I, is that the ageism part, or is that the fact that they can't find ethnic actors of that age? So then the younger people have to end up playing those roles. No, dude. As far as no, because as far as the older Persian actors, men, there's gazillion wonderful, wonderful Persian actors that I've I've worked with a few of them. Sure. Uh, you know that lady. Uh, one pr- wonderful actress, Shohei Aldashu. She's uh, a, a oh, actor. I love her. I've worked with her. She's wonderful. Her husband, I, I worked with him on uh, Agents of Shield. Oh wow! Wonderful man. Great. Wow. Human, whatever. There's a ton of actors in that age who are phenomenal actors who can do sure. it. Sure. Um, I think it's it's also they always cast younger to play older in TV. They have for many many years. Yes. Yeah. Which is good, but I'm with you. When I got the gig, I was a part of me was like, "Wait, what? I got yeah." I'm playing. Oh, that's my ego in a way was kind of like, "Fuck yeah. you!" Like, <laughs> 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 you know? I mean, I'll take it. Fucking old. What the fuck? Right. I'll. I'm going to take the job, but fuck you. Right. That's right. I mean, you know what it is, Antonio? When I was in my 20s, I was getting cast as in my 40s. And I was like, I'm 25. Like, what the fuck? Right. Why am I getting cast like I'm in my 40s? And I think looking back on it, it was because they didn't really have like South Asian actors of that age range back then. Mm-hmm. So they were taking young people like myself and putting us in these older roles. Right. And I'm like, okay, so not really much has changed for me. I, my, my years just keep moving up by like 10 years or 20 years. <laughs> just, the older I get, they just add another 20 on top every time I get older. Um, but you know what it is? I'm, honestly, I, uh, this is not to sound ungrateful in any way. I'm very, very grateful for the parts and I'm very grateful to work, in a, especially during the pandemic when, you know, there are like fucking next to no fucking auditions. Right. You know? And um, I, I think it's really, it's, it's really wonderful uh, and very blessing. Like it's very, it's a, it's a huge blessing to be able to do that. I mean, what, like you said that you also write, so you have like two projects you said that were optioned. Yeah. I've, I've written a bunch of, so, okay. Little backstory in this. And I, I think I told you, remember I said in one of my dreams is I was to be, uh, uh, to, to pursue comic, being a stand-up comic. I love yes. the comedy to me was a uh, self-defense mechanism. Yeah, for you know? sure. Yeah, I, I, I grew up in my in my younger days, in my middle school, early high school. I was like a short fat kid before I like sprouted up. So my only mechanism of trying to make it was comedy. Yeah, you so, were getting bullied. You were getting bullied in school. 
Yeah, well, yeah, comedy. You know, every comedy is the best self-defense mechanism there is. I also grew up with like watching sitcoms, like you know, just like I love that format, the situation yeah. comedy. Like, so uh, I love writing that. I love I love being able to act in it. I also love writing it. Uh, so yeah, so that uh, I enjoy writing that. So I wrote a bunch of different, like a, a few different sitcoms, and uh, I made one of them called Bowman, which is a uh, it was like uh, the idea was two and a half men meets prison buddies. It okay. was uh, uh, two best friends going to Vegas one crazy night. They yeah. end up getting married. They come back, and how that kind of works out for them, and then it works out for them to keep this fake marriage because of the benefits of what it comes. So it was, and so yeah, I always I always love and to this day. I think with everything that's going on, especially yeah. now, I enjoy. Being able to just put on something and just forget about it doesn't have to be like a lot of people are like oh I need to what is the point of this um, the show and where's it going what is it like sometimes you just want to unplug you know yeah yeah oh you want to watch something stupid whatever that may be whether it's How I Met Your Mother Two and a Half Men Big Bang Theory uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia uh, you name it New Girl Renfield yeah. all these things yeah comedy yeah. you just like. Any episode you can put in and just like take a few minutes off. So I enjoy that. So yeah. But did you did you write this with yourself, you know, as one as a lead? Because yeah, knowing knowing that hey, I'm nobody's gonna write this for me. Like I have to create this for myself. I did, yeah, exactly. I did, and I and I shot it. We shot the whole pilot. Um, Oh wow, you did. Yeah, we did. We shot the pilot because of uh, because I, I was it was going to be my vehicle too. I loved it, and, and, I, and I got to work with this amazing director, uh, Daniel. He's a German dude. Who's like, you think German guy, and you think not funny. One of the funniest people you ever meet. Completely got the script. Wow. And shot this beautifully. Wow. Uh, I think the only problem was he's such a this guy does a lot of. Uh, he's a very David Fincher style of a director. So my comedy was written rather in front of a live studio audience, kind of a you know local cam. Yeah, we combined these two into this genre, which people were like, "I love it," and it's crazy. It's it, it's we shot in a single cam format, but it was the way it was lit and the way the comedy. It just it, it, it was awesome. I think it to be honest, I think it was ahead of its time. Yeah. Yeah. And and uh, so you guys shoot the pilot, and then what happened? Did you guys try to go and sell it to a network? Like what happened? You know, we got optioned, and then we uh, we went out to a bunch of different people at the time. So when this came out, this was a few years ago, right? Yeah. It's, it's a funny story that you're bringing this up. It's going to circle back to the ethnicity part. So this was a few years ago when Hollywood was very much just woke. Like we are going to do everything we can. Everything is ethnic, and everything. Every show had to be. Uh, a black this, uh, a brown that, and a woman and a, and a short and a handicap, and it, it was like just pushing it. Even though when the script sometimes didn't even call for it, yeah, it's kind of like the whole point of it was at that time was just to make it was like I think second year of Trump's presidency, and it was like it was just we're going to make sure that the ethnicity, which was awesome, yeah. but this comedy that I wrote wasn't really trying to push. The ethnicity part of it. it was just about two best friends. It was it was, it was just a situational comedy. It was just sure. It was just funny. It wasn't it wasn't trying to bring anything in like LGBTQ. It wasn't trying to talk. It wasn't making statements 
Yeah. That it was just trying to be funny. And so a lot of people, the reaction is we love it. Yeah. But right now we need more of uh, uh, something that has to do with uh, what, you know, it was two, three years ago, a lot of things. If you look back at the it was a lot of, almost forced to a certain point. Uh, you had to have something very unique. And not just unique, but very different to say, uh, it couldn't just be people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know that Hollywood has uh, been very like, oh my God, we need to be woke. We need to like cast all this. And so sometimes it almost feels forced with few things. You're just right. like, this doesn't really go. Like, I don't right. know why you're doing this. This is this. I know you're trying to be woke. I know you're trying to like right now. The big deal is like three, you know, three female directors have been nominated for the Golden Globes. And they're like, oh my God, it's historic. Now, I have a few female director friends, and I brought them on. We've discussed, like, what it's like to be a female director. I think it's, like, something stupid. It's, like, less than 3% of Hollywood is female directors. I right, mean, it's yeah. really bad. It's really, really yeah, bad. Yeah. You know? And if you're a woman of color, you can just forget about it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just forget about it. You're, like, all the way in the bottom of the food chain somewhere. But, um, and they were they were telling me about how they go on set and um, are confused for being like, hi, are you like the craft person? Right. Are you here for, are you the makeup person? And she's like, no, I'm the director of the show. Oh, okay. Or have situations where actors, male actors pushing back because she's a female director and he doesn't want to take the direction from her. Right. right. And then she That's has to come out and, and be like, no, right. I'm the fucking captain of the ship. Like, right. you're going to listen to me. So I think it's, it is it, it is a very interesting thing. I mean, have you ever thought about, like, getting into the direction director world or you just want to kind of stick with the acting? No, no. I, my dream is to uh, – I directed my own pilot, too, which was great. And, oh, wow. Good for you. And, and to be honest, it was like the one day out of the, the shoot that I was just directing rather than acting in it was probably one of my favorite days out of that entire Interesting. process. Wow. Uh, I, I love the writing side of it. I love the directing side of it. Yeah. Um, just as much, if not even more. So yeah. uh, my dream would be to write, like the guy we worked on, on The Rookie, for example. Yeah. Sylvain, this guy is a huge TV director. When you look at his stuff, right? He's yeah. got 100 TV credits. Of like This guy's a pro. Yeah, and I've I've been lucky enough to work with some amazing directors, and yeah. that to me is like something that I would love to do into uh, TV directing. That's something I truly enjoy, especially if I was able to do comedy doing better. Right, right, absolutely. I mean, you know, um, you and I were talking about, you know, we we're talking about being ethnic in Hollywood, and you know, the the whole woke thing. I feel, and I want to hear what you think about this, but I feel. You know, it's one thing for Hollywood to come out and the executives to come out or studios to come out and give lip service. You'd be like, we want more female. We want people of color. We want to do that. But as long as the executives and the decision makers do not change, as long as they stay as old, straight, white dudes, we ain't going nowhere. We ain't going nowhere. Because even whatever stuff you bring to them, they can't see it because they don't come from that world. They're not, and it's not like they're bad people. Don't get me wrong. They're not bad guys. 
it's just that's not their experience. It's not their world. When you have a female, you know, uh, executive sitting up in Netflix, right? She wants to look, especially if she's a woman of color, she wants to see what the fuck I have to offer. She wants to see what Antonio has to offer. It matters. Being in positions of power matters. What do you think? I will tell you a little story. Uh, I have a very, very um, close friend who works for a major studio. And uh, this person, I'm not going to name any names, this person told me at one point in the meeting, the heads of the studios sat down this meeting and they said, okay, we need to have a conversation about this. We need to make this more. We need to make our studio, we need to bring more, more ethnicity, we need to bring a lot of people of color, the project. And, and it was, so this person was like, oh my God, this is amazing. This, this, we're having a conversation and we're going to move towards it. And um, the conversation was had, but nothing was followed. And when this person brought it up later, going like, hey, remember when we talked about that thing? And we said, we're going to be with and with and with. Yeah. Be, they kind of got outsed in a way. Of, it was one of those unspoken, but yet they felt like because they had the conversation, that was enough rather than follow through with it. Got it. And the person ended up leaving them. Uh, Got it. That major studio anyway, because of it. And they're so, so sometimes they feel. Was, like, was this a woman of color by any chance? No, actually, no. This no. was someone in Rome who was in, in a very high position to be able to have this conversation. But this person has been a very big advocate of people of ethnic people and women, if it was a female, women of that. And so when she's like, this is amazing, let's do this. Like, oh, well, we're, you know, we talked about it, but yeah, right. we're, we're good. We're right. 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 And you know, that's the, that's the point, right, Antonio? The conversations that are happening on a more executive level in Hollywood are very different conversations that are happening, you know, on the outside. The, the, you know, the, behind closed doors, it's one way, right? But when they come out and they give lip service and for the PR and to be like, oh, we're we're diverse, we're totally open, we're totally welcoming. And it's just like, yeah, but your executives are all bunch of old straight white dudes. Right. What does an old straight white dude know about a guy who comes from, who was born in Tehran, moved here and has this amazing pilot, like, you know, and is trying to like bring you a new perspective. You, you're not going to understand that, you know, and it's not that you're a bad person. You just, you don't come from that. Right. I think I agree with you hundred percent. I think it's starting to change. I think it's, I think just the fact that you and I are having this conversation right now, Sure. it's it's going towards the right direction. It really is. Again, like I told you, I've been in this thing long enough to see where it came from yeah. to where it is now, and it's exponentially different That's in right. a good way. And hopefully, it's going to get better and better. And I really think it will, yeah. because I think as, as an artist, um, no matter what, the cream will rise to the top. If you do good work, it will be recognized. Whatever yeah. color you are, whatever gender you are, yeah. whatever ethnicity, it's, it's, it will be recognized. And I think. The opportunities are more now, a lot more now. So yeah. I, I feel good about it. I feel positive about it. You know? I feel positive about it too. I feel like Antonio, like, you know, it's one thing, it's one thing to be a working actor, or it's one thing to, you know, get co-star roles here, guest star roles, this and that. But it's another to have a show 
written specifically for Antonio Leon, right? And then getting casting him, you know, in like as the lead in it, or having a show written with a character with Mona Shake in mind, or Mona Shake getting to audition for that lead role, and that show getting picked up and getting made, and then going on to season four, five, six, or whatever. Those are the things, like, Mindy Kaling is a prime example. Mm -hmm. Nobody was going to write that show for Mindy. No, sure. But Mindy realized very early on, because she's brilliant, that she was just like, look, nobody's going to fucking give me an opportunity. They're just not. They expect me to be this skinny, pretty little blonde with a tiny waist, and she's none of those things. But she was very smart. She looked around, and she was like, what are Indian people most looked at? Doctors. Like, there's a shit ton of Indian doctors. What if I just make a show about being an Indian doctor, but American born and raised, who doesn't speak with an accent, who is like American born and raised? How about that? And, you know, the executives go, and of course, it probably also depends on the fact that she made these amazing relationships while she was on the show, The Office. Right. I'm just going to say, I'm like, that didn't just come. I mean, what what is brilliant about her is, and this is is something that I've I've read before. I think I read an interview by John Apatow. Telling yeah. Jason Segel, you know the guy like uh, who was in, you know, uh, from Freaks and Geeks, right? Getting Sarah Marshall all that. He told him in Freaks and Geeks, he goes, "Listen, look at you. You're, you're tall. You're awkward. You're this and that. No one's going to hire you unless you write for yourself." That's right. And that's and that to me is the only power if you truly have, especially right. as far as great as as much change is becoming in this business. Still, if if you want to have your own show, if I want to have my own show, you have to write your own show. And even when you do, like I did, and you shoot it, even then, it's still tough. You can take them a show that's funny. You can give them an entire season uh, layout. I wrote 12 episodes of this thing. Wow. I did. And every one of them, and I, I had from beginning to whole arc. And even then, for them to take a chance on it, they're afraid to do it. Because they're like, well, I mean, they're not, are they going to invest all that money for what? Unknown, you have a lot going against you. Right, right. I mean, and right, and that that's the difference. I um, I uh, once met uh, this uh, wonderful, uh, she's a very, she's a big shot at Netflix now. She's Indian. She's wonderful. I remember meeting her and introducing myself. And right away she was just like, What's your information? Here's my email. Send me your stuff. Let me make some intros for you. And she did. She made intros wow. for me at CBS. She made intros for me at Netflix. She was just like, you have a show? Come on in. Pitch it to us. Come on in. You know? Oh, wow. Great. She, she is that person. So does it, I mean, look at the diversity in Netflix. I mean, it's fucking amazing what yeah. Netflix is doing. Yeah. Right? I mean, you see all these, they have a new movie come out uh, on Netflix called Namaste Wahala which is an Indian guy and a Nigerian woman, a Nigerian lead, right? Wow. When would we have ever seen something like that? It matters that somebody like her sits in a position of power to be like, you know what? I'd like to see that story. Right. I'm interested in that. Wow. I didn't know that Indians and Nigerians were get, you know, get, you know, getting together. I did not know that. I, mean, I didn't even know that. I was like, this is amazing. But those are the, like... Those dis- those decisions with those executives they matter, and thank God but now with all these streaming services, your Hulu's and your Apple TV's and all these amazing stuff, it really is kind of 
you know, shedding a light and giving us more opportunities. I think there's so many more shows now that there's not enough time, hours in the fucking day to watch them. Yeah. Yeah. There's like just so many of them. I mean, what is your kind of ultimate? I mean, do you want to become just eventually just like a successful director and just, you know, you know, produce your own stuff or, or and possibly get to act in them? Like, what's your kind of ultimate goal? I think directing is my ultimate. Really? I would love to, yeah. I think directing and then writing. And then, I mean, I, I love acting. Too. I mean, you already write, Antonio. So it's right. Not, you know. Right. But uh, to be, you know, you see the ultimate goal for me would to be able to direct and write. I, I love, love acting. But I think as far as uh, the process of it, as yeah. an actor, you get, you go, you get a lot of, as you know, yes, as we did yesterday, there's yes. a lot of just sitting around and fucking waiting. Yes, and then you go in there. Now you're supposed you've been sitting in your trailer for fucking six hours, and yes. now you go in there, and I'm not gonna say whatever, but something really dramatic happened that you're supposed to now bring it. And it's kind of like, okay, that's and that's great, but you know. I, would, I, love, I love to be the whole part of the whole process of it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of sitting around for sure. I mean, when you're on shoots, you know, you go, you show up at like your call times, like 5 a.m., mm-hmm. you shoot, then you're sitting around at like noon, and then you're like, oh, your next scene's not until for another three hours. And you're like, uh, all I want my. All right, just just go to the trailer and just pass out. Sure, just pass out. I mean, that's what I did. I just passed out. I was. I wish I could. I couldn't. Yeah. No, you said it. I was exhausted, dude. I was yeah. fucking exhausted. I was just like, "Fuck this!" I am like, just gonna. Yeah, I just took a nap, which is shocking because I never take naps. I am the most anti-nap person on the planet. But yesterday, I really needed it, so I took a nap. But no, I, I, I feel like uh, you know, just like we have more diversity in actors and, you know, comedians and all that and directors and producers. It's the same on the executive level. Like that stuff mm-hmm. has to change. It trickles down from the top. Like that's where it's trickling down from. Right. So, so those conversations are very important to have. Um, I once, um, I'm not going to mention the name of the studio or the executives. The president of this very big studio uh, was having a conversation and I, happened to just listen in on the conversation because they were passing by as they were saying this. Uh, and they said something to the effect of there was a script with like five female leads and they were all uh, astronauts. Uh, and this person goes to this other executive. The other executive was a person of color woman. And she goes, this is a great script. She goes to him. She goes, this is a great script. We should make the script. This is like five female leads who are astronauts. And the president of this very big studio says, nobody's going to believe that there are that many female astronauts. Right. Right? So, like, what what do you say to that person? Like, you're fucking ignorant? You're the fucking president of this massive right. studio. Like, what what is she going to do? Challenge him? Be like, you're, no, you're fucking short-sighted? You're, you're closed-minded? Like, what is she going to say? Right. She also eventually ended up leaving the studio because she was just like this. They just don't get it. They don't get it. You know, and this is something that people are running into more and more. But I want to hear more conversations of that happening on an executive level. That's where it all happened. That's where the that's where the green lights happen. Right. That's when that's where I see an Antonio Leon pilot come to me and be like, I'm going to green light this. 
I think the trickle down effect this way now is going to be the other way around where it's going to come up as artists to writers, to directors, to then to the people in the network, and then eventually, hopefully, the person who is the executive of Netflix is going to, because their model, their model is going to work. Yeah. Nobody really, really thought about it. Network. All the great shows are on Netflix and Hulu. You know, so that's going. Eventually, they're going to realize that we're either going to adapt or we're going to die. Yeah, that's right. The smart ones realize that. That the dumb ones don't, but the smart right. ones do. Yeah. The smart ones are like uh, evolve or die. I mean, that's it. Life only has two things, and that applies to anything and everyone. Anything that's a living being, you know, evolve or die. That's it. Those are only two things that are happening as human beings for us. Yeah. Evolve or die. That's it. Those are two things. So take your fucking pick. What's it gonna be? You know. I agree. Um. I know we're uh, a little past one hour. I know you were uh, wondering what the hell are we going to talk about for an hour. Um, I know. Good. <laughs> this is good. You never have to worry about that with me. I, I can go on for hours. Uh, I can go on for that's um, That's why I'm popular with the guys. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Hey, <laughs> um. No, I uh, no, I really, really enjoyed this conversation, Antonio. I, I really did. Um, what uh, what do you got going on, man? Like, are you now working on a new sitcom? I know we're gonna start wrapping up. So, are you working on something new? No, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm writing away, kind of just yeah. Learning, you know. Talk to me about why 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 have you not uh, had a chance to do stand up comedy? I'm really curious. What what is that? Is it fear? What is that? Because I'm a scared little girl. That's it's. And, and you're a scared little girl, or you're just a scared, just scared. Period. I'm just scared, actually. You know. Like, what do you think is going to happen if you do stand up and it doesn't go? What's What do you think is going to happen? What's the worst that can happen for you? I mean, I just haven't. You know what? It's It's not about that. It's It's about. Um, I haven't. I haven't gotten there yet. I, I think I will. Yeah. Maybe I will. Maybe I will. But uh, not. I mean, like you said, now it's almost impossible to get in front of a crowd anyway. Uh, I mean, yeah, right now. I mean, there might be some like online. Uh, I know. I just got. I, I got booked on a show. Uh, right. But it was like going to be an in-person show. Uh, but I've done some like online. There are like online mics. I think people are running, uh, which might would not be a bad start for you because you're not there in person, but you're online, so you can still have that kind of virtual barrier to just be like. That didn't work. All right. Right. I would. I also would not want to, like you said, you have something like a solid five or a solid ten. I, I would want to make sure that I have. It's a whole different writing. I think you can do with the standard yeah. writing than a, It's just bits, you know. Yeah, right. it's bits. And to me, Antonio, you sound after just talking to you for a bit now. I have a feeling that you're a storytelling comic, like I am. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's some of the best how people can relate to you. Yeah, right? like yeah, story, right? yeah, storytelling. But yeah. don't even start with five minutes. Just start with like two minutes, three minutes. You don't have to put all that pressure on you. Yeah, yeah. Just next, start- next show you host, I'll come in there and give you a smaller two. Yeah, sure. I mean, look, I I'm working on a very big show for the summer. Um, we're like looking at a pretty big crowd. Uh, that we're we're because we're hoping that. We're going to have herd immunity by then and stuff. So um, I'll definitely keep you posted. But um, yeah, I mean, honestly, stand up comedy is a very different animal. I think you kind of have to be wired a certain way. But 
the great thing about stand-up is like, look, you don't necessarily have to pursue it as a career. You can do it for a little bit. And it's interesting because what stand-up does, it bleeds into other art forms. It bleeds into your writing. It bleeds into even your directing. It bleeds into your acting. It's yeah. just uh, it's just like a, it's a primer for other things. Like you can just, you know, because as stand-up comics, we get hired and they're like, can you write? Can you, can you act? And you're just like, but I'm, I'm a, I'm a stand-up comic. Like that's, that's all right. I do. Like I'm just a stand-up comic most of the time. Like that's what I do. And they're like, no, no, but can you act? And Mitch Hedberg has this really beautiful bit about it. Do you know who he was, Mitch Hedberg? No, I don't actually know. You should look him up. He's, he was okay. brilliant. He was brilliant. He was very hot too. Um, okay. uh, but brilliant comic. And he has this whole bit uh, about how as actors, uh, as stand-up comics, we get hired and they're like, can you act? Can you write? And you're like, I'm, I literally like have just spent all these years just being a stand-up comic. So I don't know why you're asking me for different skill sets. Uh, but it's, uh, I, I think stand-up comedy is uh, literally the greatest art form. Uh, it's I, the, I have nothing it's the love but, of my life, Antonio. It's the nothing love but life. respect for it. I, like I said, I, I'm truly envious. Uh, I, and I, well, you don't need to me. You just do your, you just need to start doing some stand-up. I got it. This you know. might be the push that I needed. Listen, and and you want some guidance or whatever, I, I'm here. I, I'd be more than happy to tell you that uh, you might feel like your soul is going to get ripped out, but fuck it. It's not really. I'm all about facing the fears, so this is this is something that I definitely do want to do. Yeah, you'll lose sleep for a little bit. You know, they ask people that what was the number one fear that most people have? It's public speaking. speaking yeah, yeah. Public people are like, I'd rather die than public speak. I'm like, Jesus, really? They're like, Yeah. I'm like, Well, there's that it's that old joke, right? About they'd rather be in the coffin rather than the guy making a speech in front of the. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd rather be the person making the speech. Like being in the Obviously. coffin, it's fucking over. Right. It's over. But I mean, you you've had this, you know, it's that first step. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, I mean, look, I've known a lot of comics who, uh, whom I've seen, like, in the past 10 years, 11 years or whatever, you know, I would see them at open mics and be like, I don't, I don't know how this person's going to come out of this. I don't know if they have it. And then you see them after a number of years, you haven't seen them, and you you see them, and you're like, golly, look at your growth, man. Yeah, look at your growth. You just kept at it. Good for you, you know. Um, those are the stories that I love to say. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, same thing I think goes for his actors as well. That's you, right. You, know, you see people in the beginning, you're like, okay, shit, and then yeah. you see him years later, like, holy fuck, wow. Yeah, Floyd Lynch is saying that you should go for it. That's I appreciate that. Thank yeah. you. Well, I didn't know people could comment on this shit. Oh yeah, people have been commenting this entire time. Yeah. No, no kidding. Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. People have been commenting. Uh, uh, Tim Windsor said, "Congratulations, congratulations, Mona Prize." Yeah. Uh, and then James said, hi, Mon. Hi, Tim. Mona got a part on The Rookie. James is a big, avid fan. Okay. He has been here on every... He's watched every single one of my Mona's rants and my episodes. Who's this? James. my okay. The lovely the lovely James. I'm sorry, James. I'm sorry you have to be... That's all right. No, no. James, James is a big fan. James is great. He's a, he's awesome. the mail, James. I apologize. <laughs> all good, my friend. All good. Um... Antonio, this was a really fun conversation. Great. I know you're not very big on social media, are you? I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm on there. Is, is you know, I'm no. on there, but when I, I tagged the wrong Antonio, what's that? When I tagged the wrong Antonio, you did. 
And the funny thing is, I clicked on that link, and the guy in there, I was just picturing him going like, oh, I'm, I'm going to be on the program. He's like, I'm going to be on some podcast that this chick has tagged me on. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Uh, that's so funny. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, do you want people to follow you? Sure. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I would love it. It's, it's Again, like I, I told you, I think my last post was from uh, two, uh, two years ago. But I'll get in there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 absolutely. Well, uh, I know you're on Instagram, so what's your Instagram, Antonio? If people want to, it's just my name with the letter one, Antonio Leon. For the well, number one, Antonio Leon. Yeah. Awesome. awesome. Well, Antonio, I had a really fun time chatting with this you. This was awesome. This was so great. And then to get to see you two days in a row and act and now just chit chat, this was fun. And by the way, uh, Good for you. The one thing I will say um, in this business, I will take hustle. Like as far as people, you know, I've seen a lot of actors, and I'm sure you have comics who probably have so much talent. But in this business, the thing that you need more than anything else is the hustle. Yeah. And that I have nothing but props for you because you to do this and uh, your stand up and every you're trying to make sure that any chance you get to do as much as you can, and that. It's only a speech to you as far as where you're going to go. Oh, you're so sweet. Thank you, Antonio. I can't, I can't wait. I can't wait for us to get back on the show and and uh, play again. Yeah, man. I, uh, I, I just want to let you know that whatever I'm feeling like shit about myself, I will hit you up for the self-esteem boost. Oh, my God. Anytime. Of you've course. been such a cheerleader. So thank you so much anytime. for your kind words. You're so sweet. My pleasure. Of course. All right, my friend. I will talk to you soon. Thank you so much for your time. My pleasure. Thanks. Right. Thanks for Be safe. That was a lovely Antonio Leon. Uh, I know you guys enjoyed that conversation. I know I definitely did. Uh, even with the technical shit, who gives a shit? We got the point across. Uh, you guys, if you haven't subscribed to my YouTube channel, please do. You can go on uh, youtube.com forward slash Monoshake Comedian. You can follow me on uh, Twitter uh, and uh, Twitter and uh, Instagram at Mona's Comedy. And, of course, on TikTok. Uh, and Facebook at Mona Shake Comedian. You guys, always a pleasure. Always nice to see you guys. What did James say? James said, thanks, Antonio and Mona. Fun chat. And then James said, I'm off to the rookie to my Hulu watch list. Yes, what a great show. And Nathan Fillion, can I just say something? What a wonderful actor, wonderful human being. Just the cast is just lovely. Everybody was just wonderful to work with. So shout out to the rookie, and thank you so much for having me and Antonio uh, on the set. You guys, have a good night. I will see you on Monday, I think. Oh, you know what? Um, Monday, I'm don't. I, I'm gonna probably try to do like an early cast because um, early uh, live stream because uh, I'm doing another shoot on Monday, so I'm busy with that too. All right, you guys, have a good night. See you soon. <laughs>